Friendly sideline warning, listeners. Just a few little thoughts before we get into this podcast. Sorry for not recording for the last week or so. As you may have known, there's a lot of snow that happened in the South and a lot in Oklahoma. So we were snowed in. We couldn't really get any internet because of the power outages. So we couldn't do anything over Zoom. And we are now back and better than ever back in your podcast feed. So no need to fret. We are all doing well, safe and sound. Now let's go ahead and get into it. From the field to the hardwood, flags are sure to fly when these two are involved. You're listening to Sideline Warning with Christine Butterfield and Ryan Chapman, presented by the Highball Network. Welcome back, everyone. Ryan, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. I was unaware that I left. I feel like we either like are both here or both gone, so I, I don't know. I feel weird being greeted back. I guess, welcome back to the pod, Christine. Thanks. I was going to say you could greet me too, but... No. Because I haven't... Okay, anyway, Ryan's the only one that's welcome, I guess. And of course, you guys. I we said, forget about our I friends? said that you were welcome just then, and you just blew by it. Because you said no, and I was... Whatever. Um, I, I said the words, welcome back. You just... Welcome. Welcome to Illyria. Welcome, 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 welcome. What? Have you seen She's the Man? Yeah, like, sorry, I sorry, I don't have the film memorized. I do. Like the last time I saw it was probably like a year and a half ago, and before then it was like a decade. Maybe. Oh, that's so sad. Well, like, well, in its entirety, like I've I've caught like, she's the man's one of those movies that I catch a ton of times, like in the last twenty five minutes. No! So I'm like I'm like flipping around on cable, and I'm like, oh, it's on. Oh, I missed it, but. It's never on one of the channels that has like, you know, like TBS has an East Coast feed and a West Coast feed. So like if you get into I didn't know a this. movie halfway through, you can go use the West Coast feed that's, you know, two or three hours behind or whatever it oh, is. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah. Are, are you unaware of that? No, I didn't know this. Uh, well, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the world of East Coast, West Coast TV log. But yeah, She's the Man's not one that often applies to that. Well, that's sad, but- Anyway, the main character like goes to a new school, and then like the principal's like like called into the principal's office, and the principal is like, "Welcome, welcome," and does like a weird welcome song, because he's like kind of creepy, and then he just goes, "I just wanted to bring you in and say welcome." <laughs> it's Perfect. Just weird. Is it is it the like bald guy that's in Community, as the dean or whatever? I know he looks a lot like him, but I don't think it's the okay. same guy. They have the same hairstyle though, so okay. I don't Q-tip think it's the same. Is the hairstyle? Yeah, Q tip. Uh. I don't think it's the same guy. Okay. But I could be wrong. I'll hold you to that. I'm going to do some research, and I'm going to throw it all over your face if uh, it is the same dude next time we pop. You know what? Go for it, because I'm too busy watching Channing Tatum. Anyways, a lot of news kind of broke this past week or, like, the week that we've missed, especially most recently dealing with the whole car crash about Tiger Woods that that he was involved in. And before the car crash even happened, though, it was recorded that he was having some back problems leading up to some of the invitationals. And it's it was said that he had, you know, problems getting out of bed and he was trying to stretch and trying to get that part of his game prepared. Um, Cut to him then getting into a really, really bad car crash, which affected his legs really unfortunately. And he went into a right leg surgery earlier this week. Um, it seems like he's recovering fine, but it 
it's not really well known yet, but it seems like this is really going to affect his game. And the big question is whether he's going to continue playing or not, because no one knows what his body is going to be like after this. But what were your initial thoughts, Ryan, on when you saw this whole car crash that Tiger Woods was involved in? Well, I I wasn't worried about his golf game or anything like that, because when we see those scenes, like my first thing is, oh, gosh, I hope he's okay. Mm hmm. And I, I hope, you know, it's sending out thoughts and, and all that to him, the family, all that, because unfortunately, it's it's not that long ago, you know, a year and some change that we lost another sports icon in Kobe Bryant. And yeah. that was truly dreadful. And so, like, honestly, seeing those scenes took me back mentally to, mm-hmm. to that day last year, which was not fun. I did not like that. And then, of course, again, we had... We went through this with with the Kobe incident, unfortunately, is you have people being thrown on live air on cable news, whether it's, you know, whatever news channels breaking in or whatever, throwing up just helicopter shots. And really, we have like just a little bit of information that's been disseminated out from, you know, the police or whatever. And so you have people coming on and they're having to fill air. And like it was just some of the stuff I thought was disgusting, Christine, like I happened to be flipping through and um I, I was the tv i was at the gym and the tv was on cnn mm-hmm. so i pulled up the cnn app so i could hear the audio of what's going on and you have this chick that's a commentator like she's on and she's going through like the history of tiger woods and stuff i guess for non-sports fans but she's talking about how well like you know tiger has had battles with substance abuse there's no evidence that this is involved and i'm just like so why why bring it up why bring it up unless Five days from now, if it comes out of a toxicology report that, you know, so-and-so is under the influence of this or that, then you can talk about it. But as we now know, Tiger Woods was not under the influence of anything, nothing like that. It was as it sounds like from what we know now, as simple as Tiger Woods was going through this really um, hilly, curvy area. Yeah. It sounded like he was late for a promo shoot. So Mm -hmm. he was probably speeding a little bit more Mm -hmm. and the car rolled. Yeah. And you know what? I watched a report by Nikki Kay, who um, is a great reporter in L.A. She was covering the area. And apparently this is a very high traffic area where there are a lot of crashes all the time, because when people aren't used to driving in the specific road, they go too fast down it. It is curvy. Like you said, it is um, it catches you for a loop a little bit. And so you see a lot of, you know, cars go off the edge or kind of roll over like Tigers did. So. For them, or for someone to kind of bring up that it could possibly be off of substance abuse without having any information, I think that's a bit, it's reaching a bit too far. Also, something that I saw that kind of irritated me is, uh, you know when people can't read the room? All the time. Yeah. It's one of the worst things. I was scrolling through Twitter, and I didn't see who the writer was. I should have uh, checked that out. But the New York Post put out an article like a day after the car crash that was talking about all of Tiger Woods's, um, you know, infidelity or like all of his relationship problems, like one by one by a timeline. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, this isn't the time to be like tracking all of his relationship issues. Yeah. It's one of those things that like that stuff should only come up if something new comes up, which obviously like if there's like, a super like, in the car or something. Well, like it seems but... like there's nothing like that, but like also unless you're doing one of the deep dive like HBO just did a really incredible yet yeah, not just but semi recently did a really incredible two part deep dive into Tiger Woods mm-hmm. documentary. Obviously, it's gonna be brought up there. Otherwise, yeah. there, there's no need 
to like bring it up at all and kind of bring it back to your initial thing like it absolutely sucks because uh we're about to head into master's season we're a little um you know two months out ish kind of just spitballing there maybe a month and a half uh, i forget it's already the end of february which is bonkers isn't that but, wild um it's just one of those things that like i'm not a huge golf person i don't like hate golf it's just never been really you know my thing um, not your but, cup of tea yeah not you but it's like on a on the sunday of a major i'll usually tune in unless yeah. unless someone's just like running away with it and then i'm just like okay and so i, I didn't because i'm not a golf fan and obviously I'm young, 96 is when I was born, I didn't remember the heyday of Tiger just running rough shot yeah. on golf. And so I just remember thinking back to 2019 when he's making his master's run, and I remember on that Sunday, like I called my uncle that morning because he's a huge Tiger fan, and I was like, hey, looking at the scoreboard here, it looks like he's within striking distance. Like, is this for real? Is it something that it could be, or, or is, is it... it you know, what should I do? And my uncle was like, no, it absolutely could happen today. So I like sat down and just flipped on the masters and sat there and watched and just seeing that comeback. Like I will always remember the scene on his walk from the fairway to the green on the 18th hole. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they go to a, a really like zoomed out high shot of the crowd. Yeah. And walking up that fairway, there's tiger then behind them are the like the court martial usher guys trying to keep everyone at bay, mm -hmm. and like the entire fairway is just full of bystanders, and there's just like energy of like Tiger just has to sink this really easy putt to win it. Cool, awesome, but I'm just like this was like electric. Like I will remember that for the rest of my life just because what it means to golf, what it means, and so it, like it was cool to get to see that, and it's just a bummer that we won't get that this year, and, and I hope that he's able to rehab everything properly and come on back and give it another go because when tiger woods is playing at augusta like it just means something and it means something to people like me who aren't even huge golf fans yeah i didn't grow up watching golf either i've definitely as i've gotten older i've grown a deep respect for it not i'm not going to call myself a fan but like you said when there's an invitational or when there's you know a big tournament on one of those weekends of course i'm going to tune in and watch for a bit and i i also was watching when he won the masters that year and I just remember thinking as, you know, like as this tournament was taking place, I was like, man, I think he's really going to do it again. And I didn't, and I honestly didn't know if he could pull it off. But the second that I saw him go up and take the putt, I, I was, I was so proud for him because I'm sure everyone was saying he's getting too old. Who knows if he still got it? You know, even though he's the goat, you know, everyone's going to doubt someone as as amazing as Tiger Woods everyone was downing Tom Brady and then he was able to pull it off and I just will always remember that moment thinking wow he really did that so I'm happy that he you know got at least one I don't want to say it like his career is over but I'm glad that he did get that win you know back in his belt so that he can prove that he could still do it just in case it, some unfortunate event happens and he's no longer able to compete but again hope that he can recover quickly and safely and that you know he doesn't have to deal with the ramifications of this car crash for the rest of his life yeah and, and we just saw this season in the nfl alex smith a, a similar injury as far as the trauma to the legs things like that um it, alex smith was able to come back um, to the washington football team play a few games 
and uh, maybe continue on his career. He's not going to come back to Washington, but um, someone else might pick him up. Not to be a starter, but he's playing football, like the most contact gladiator sport out there that's not a literal combat sport. Yeah. Uh, He's able to come back from that rehab and play football. So obviously um, it's the long road back. It's not an easy injury. Um, Alex Smith, it was two years. Joe Theismann said it took him two or three years to even like think about feeling right. So it's it's a long way, but um, I think it was Joe Theismann that was saying this in one of the interviews that he gave. He's like, if you've ever met Tiger Woods, he is like the most determined individual that mm-hmm. Joe Theismann's ever met. Joe Theismann is a guy that has been around professional athletes for all of his adult life, all that stuff. That's a big time statement from that guy. So uh, I'm optimistic that, you know, might not ever see Tiger Tiger again, but I, I think that we'll see Tiger play again in the PGA. Oh, I hope so. And again, just a speedy recovery to him and hope his family is uh, doing okay as well. Moving on, though, we got some NBA All-Stars we got to check out. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horned Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Ryan, it's about to be All-Star Weekend. I have to ask, you know, at the beginning of the season, they had already said that they were not going to have an All-Star Weekend. There was not going to be an All-Star Game, no All-Star Season Challenges. And so leading up to this point, we didn't think that we were going to be seeing an All-Star roster come out. Uh... And they were like, no, just kidding. We'll have an all-star game. After a lot of the NBA players were saying that they wouldn't want to com- um, compete or participate in the all-star game, what were your initial thoughts about that? I, it doesn't make any sense to have an all-star game from the perspective of all the protocols that are in place. <laughs> exactly, Why yeah. are you going to go ahead and take – you're basically taking all these teams out – or all these players out of their theoretical – team bubble then you're throwing them all together so in theory it should be two weeks after the all-star game before they return back to their own bubbles unless they can do like um uh, i I forget is it four or five days straight of negative tests because they're going out of their market out of their team environment leaving that to come into this i guess it's a little bit different if it's lockdown stuff like that but i still just from from a safety standpoint um, not that I'm saying it'll be unsafe, but it just it doesn't make sense. It flies to the face of all the protocols. I understand that in this year especially, though, uh, you have no fans in some arenas. Some arenas right now, you have a, you know, a, a handful, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Your game day revenue is just going to be in the tank. Like It is, it is what it is. Uh, even if you get full arenas somehow, someway by the end of the year, you are going to lose so much money in that game day revenue. Like I totally understand wanting to have this. Um, it really cool that they're going to be donating uh, the, some proceeds um, to, to a lot of causes that are close, near, and dear to the NBA's heart, um, HBCUs, things like that. So that's awesome that they're at least taking this situation and trying to make good out of it. But, like, I get it from the why were we playing games in the first place, Christine? Because you need to make money. You need to put a, continue to put a product out there to keep on going. So in, from that point of view, it makes sense. But, God, like, the, the it's just bad. Op- like, if, if one – player 
happens to test positive just due to you know bad luck, even if everyone's following all the protocols, everyone's going to be sitting here going, why did this even happen? Exactly. I had such an annoyance when I saw that there was going to be an all-star game because I hate – well, I hate it when anyone goes back on their word, but it's the NBA. I mean, like, how surprised can we be? But even then, I was thinking, so you mean to tell me that you have gone through a whole season of these protocols. So many players on different teams have gotten COVID throughout this, and then, you know, there's contract tracing issues and things you have to follow, and you're going to – and that's based off of everything you tried to do perfectly, Right. And then you're going to put them in this random situation where it's like, hey, by the way, for like a weekend, you're all going to be traveling to this city. And it's not really a bubble, but um, you kind of have to try to follow these things. And if you get COVID, sorry, but it's just for this really cool game. You in? Like, are you like, are you for real? Yeah, it's like, and I get it. They're like the NBA will say, okay, look. Teams are having to travel market to market, so we're going to use the same travel protocol. They'll be at no more risk, anything like that. But the whole point of all the protocols is that you're just mitigating the risk. You're doing everything you can. It's the it's the classic, you know, it's the old coach beat, Christina. We're going to control what we can control, mm-hmm. that stuff. This is adding so much extra, like, nonsense to that. Like, this, it's not something that has to happen. This game is not essential to, to making the NBA calendar work, anything like that. So it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm not super excited for it. Um, I am excited for the fact that all of the All-Star Weekend stuff, like I'm not going to have to watch across three nights. Like we're going to get the skills competition and the three-point contest before the game. You're going to get the All-Star game. You're going to get the dunk competition at halftime. Like I like that I don't have to be like, okay, because I hate, hate, the skills challenge three-point and slam dunk night, like, it drags on and on, and I don't care about, like, I just want to, like, I just want to see the three-point contest. I don't want to see. I love the three-point contest. I like the skills challenge. The dunk competition is stupid. And what I like about the dunk competition this year is that it's during halftime, so you have to make it end quicker than usual. Well, you don't have to, but well, you would I'm hope they do. Well, I'm hoping that they do, do because well, like, we don't need to see them, you know, like come out, like, you know, like basically run out of ideas and be like, okay, like how, like what, what can I do now? Right. It's one of those things that like I, I'd like on a normal year, I have no interest in the skills competition. I just, I don't have any interest in seeing uh, players run up and down the court. Just they're dribble, dribble, dribble. They're going to pass into this. Okay. They're going to do a layup. They're going to hit a three. Like, I don't care. I think it's, I think it ends up being funny though. To me, it does. Yeah, I, I like people that like it, more power to them. Like, it doesn't bother me if you like it or not. Like, I just don't care. I love the three-point contest. I love the slam dunk contest. I just hate, like, the three-point contest, I feel like once it finally gets started five hours later, I feel like that thing moves, like you said, the dunk contest, trying to get the celebrity panel involved, all that. Everyone's trying to make it about them. They're trying to be the the person, the thing that goes viral from the dunk contest. I'm like, you know what should go viral from the dunk contest, Christine? How about the dunks? Why don't why don't we just focus on that? Like it's the dunk contest. Why don't we just focus on the dunks? So uh, for that perspective, I like it. Uh, it. It'll be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of people, especially around you know here. We are uh, native Oklahomans for now. Um, I guess I'm a native Oklahoman. You are a transplant Oklahoman. I, I don't know. I don't know if you claim Oklahoma as your native. Oh no, no, I don't. So, but around these parts, you know, there's a lot of talk of snubs with. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander being left off, all that. But I'm, I'm just going to run this down, Christine, real quick for you. 
and then you tell me if you think anyone got left off. These are your starters for the East, that starter pool. It's KD, Giannis, Bradley Beal, Embiid, Kyrie. And then for the West, it's LeBron, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikolai Jokic, and Kawhi. Like, you good with that? I'm I'm good with that. Um, Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Kawhi believer, so I would I would probably swap swap him out maybe for Paul George or even possibly Damian Willard. But for the most part, yeah, I think they both look fine. I want to get into this Devin Booker drama, though. Okay. Because, so he was only included because Anthony Davis is going through an injury, so he can't even play, so someone else has to be added to the reserves for right. the West. And so they finally decided to add De- Devin Booker. And there was multiple people that thought that Devin Booker got snubbed, or s- snubbed, right? Yeah. Um, including LeBron James, who said that he's the most disrespected player in the league. What do you think about all of that? Uh, I mean, so for all of his career, Devin Booker has been on absolutely awful teams. And so, like, that's just the nature of the beast. Like, I think Devin Booker should have been in the All-Star game on his own right. I would honestly put him in over Zion probably, just as far as those guys ahead of him. And so, I, I like, I think it just sucks for Booker that, like, okay, it's one of those things that, like, we see this with Shea Gildas Alexander. He's young and he's on a bad team. When you're young and you're on a bad team, people will always say, you've got plenty of years ahead of you, and as your team gets better, you'll get more attention, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, now Devin Booker, Chris Paul was added in the offseason. The Suns are good. So he's no longer young. He's no longer on a bad team, and it was still like, okay, like, what else does he have to do? Yeah, he's not scoring 40 every night because he's got Chris Paul. Like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't exactly. make a ton of sense. So I'm glad, like, the right thing was done in the end. Um, But, you know, I don't get too bothered about the all-star inclusions and stuff like that anyway because – so fans are going to vote for their favorite players. The players, like, okay, yeah, they, they know way more than the fans, stuff like that. But I'm just like, you really think that LeBron's not voting for his friends? That's my you know thing. What I mean? like, you know, like, like, are we ready to have this conversation? Because we know that players are just going to vote for their teammates and the guys they like. Like, Because if you're LeBron James, you know you're getting in, right? You're not going to vote for someone you don't want to play with. Well, and it's like, okay, I bet I don't know anything about the the player voting. I would imagine it's as simple as like can't vote for guys on your own team. That levels everything out. And I'm just like, sure. okay, that fine, sure. But players still have relationships across teams. They, they still, still have, have friends. Biases, you still prejudices. have LeBron James, the banana boat thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that's a thing. You think Russell Westbrook's ever voting for Joel Embiid and vice versa? Like, probably not. No. So I'm just like. I, Yes, the players absolutely know way more than us, all that stuff, but I'm I'm not here to say that's the sterling end-all, be-all as well. And, look, I don't have an answer. There's no perfect way to, you know, it's a fan game for the fans. The All-Star game is. So you're going to want the fans to be involved. That just also means that I'm just not going to get too bothered about one guy being left. Now, if, like, LeBron or Kevin Durant's left off the list, I'm going to feel some type of way about it. When we're talking, when we're splitting hairs about the, like, 12th, 13th, 14th guy on the roster – I'm sorry. I just, I don't care. Yeah. Put someone that's going to play defense. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have that passionate of feelings about a 12th man in. 
And if you do, cool. I'm just not one of those people. So, you know, I looked down the list and I like say like, okay, or Captain Obvious, are these five, six people in? Cool. They should be. Who was lucky enough to be like deemed, you know, like 10th man in? Like who did the league say is deserving of the non-obvious slot? And then I'm like, nice, good for them. It's really that simple for me. Unless, you know, like something crazy happens, like you said, like LeBron's left off, but that's never going to happen. So I just kind of every year I'm curious to see who gets those um, those nice little kind of like congratulations slot. Yeah, it's and I actually like I don't have any real problems with this year's all star team. It's like, OK, Devin Booker found his way onto the list. Like, Wait, you you you're not sad that Trey Young isn't on it. Why would Trey Young be on an all star team? Ser- serious question. Why would Trey Young be on an all-star team? Does he do anything to help you win basketball games? Or does he just put up 30 points a night and jack threes from the logo, even though it's an awful shot, to be the highlight real player on Twitter? Because he can't play defense. He can. Empty calories. Trey Young physically cannot be on a good basketball team. Because if you get into the playoffs, what's any good team going to do? Let's just run a few actions until we get the switch on Trey Young, and then let's use and abuse him because he's just laughably bad at defense. Like why Trey Young should not be on any All Star team. Put him in the three point contest. Put him in the skills contest. Sure, that's his. De- that's the deserved spot he has on All Star weekend. The Atlanta Hawks went out, spent all this money putting guys around Trey. You know why? Because they were tired of losing. They said we're not trying to chase a title, anything like that. We don't have those aspirations, but we want to be a playoff team because we have to turn the culture. We have to. We have to make that shift. We can't just lose. 60 games a year and ever expect our players to develop. And Christine, you know where the Atlanta Hawks are? They're right where they f-ing were last year. So that's that Trey Young leadership for you. And oh, by the way, one of the worst teams, worst teams in the league, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Trey Young went to Cleveland and lost the Atlanta Hawks that game in the last minute. He's an idiot. So no, Trey Young should not be an all star. If you want an all star from Atlanta, it would be John Collins. And that is your season wrap-up with Ryan Chapman. Yeah, if you need more Hawks, just at Radio's Ryan. If you want any more Hawks opinions, news, breakdowns, I'm the only person watching their games. Yeah, he's the only one that cares. So, so happens. It, it does happen. And I agree. I don't think that Trey Young should be on this list. I, it do, To me, it doesn't matter if you're putting up 30 points and your team sucks. Ultimately, like what you're doing isn't mattering. So you have to switch up your game somehow, and clearly he doesn't care enough to do it. Just, just think back to did did you watch um, the the big Dallas Hawks game? Dallas, Pro- probably uh, not. I don't think so. No. So this is a game where the Hawks were kind of up in the middle of the game, and then you want to know how Dallas flipped the switch? They went on a quick 9-0 run because uh, Luka Doncic isoed Trey, hit a three, next possession down. Luka got the switch he wanted off ball, passed it to the guy who was guarded by Trey. He hit a three, and then Trey just lost his man. And uh, as the Hawks were trying to over-rotate, they hit another three. And that's what flipped the game in, like, the last five minutes. Okay, yeah. Is and that's anyone... what will happen any time if the Hawks ever make the playoffs. Okay, yeah, yeah. But my question to you, then, is is anyone making the argument that Trey Young is a good defender? Like, is anyone saying this? Because I don't think so. No, I'm just – Okay. I, I don't know how you can be a, on an all-star team when you are statistically one of the worst – in any category. Okay. And Trey Young is in the 500s in defensive efficiency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think he cares? It doesn't matter. He do, he can't play good. Like, he physically cannot play good defense. No, you can always learn defense. No, you can't. 
You know why? Because he didn't give a fuck about defense at Norman North. He didn't give a shit about it at Oklahoma, and he's not at, at Atlanta. He's never won anything. That's why I asked, do you think he cares? Norman North, most talented team, most talented team his junior year didn't win a state title because him and the, the number two guy couldn't get along. Uh, at Oklahoma, the team hated him. They had a really nice uh, start to the season, got all the way up to number four, and then they and then everyone said, hey, that guy's a twig. Why don't we just body him? And the Sooners just plummeted. They should not have made the NCAA tournament that year no, over OSU. definitely not. But Trey Young was better than anything OSU had to offer, so the committee wanted Trey Young in the tournament. The committee wanted – I was about to say, the Goes committee wanted overtime. the ratings. They wanted Trey Young. Sorry, continue. No, yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, overtime loses, goes to Atlanta, and, uh, you know, no winning basketball. No winning basketball to be found. Shocker. Is, is that Shocker. sad for you? Like, no, how do you it's, feel? It's not sad. Tell me how you really feel. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's the Hawks. Like, only the Hawks would be like, yeah, we literally, literally drafted Luka Doncic. It's not you could have drafted Luka Doncic. It's not the Hawks are picking three, the Mavs were picking five, and the Hawks just decided to take Trey Young. The Hawks said the Mavs really want Luka Doncic. Let's take them and extort a, another first round draft pick out of them. Who cares? When you could have had Luka Doncic, he's worth that. Ten times out of ten. And you know what the Hawks did? Luka Doncic on draft night was wearing a Hawks hat. And then an hour later, he was officially traded once the once the ink dried on the draft and they could trade him. Because that's Atlanta Hawks basketball right there, Christine. That's all, that's all we'll ever be is just we could do good things. We're just we're not going to. You really enjoy torturing yourself with your teams, I feel like. I don't know. Eh, yeah, you do. I have fun as a Hawks fan. Eh, doesn't sound like it. I enjoy I enjoy life as a Hawks fan. Look, I'm no front runner like you, Christine. I'm not the bandwagon fan who roots for Kansas hey, basketball and the my Dodgers. My NBA team is not doing hot right and now. And the Chiefs. I don't need to hear it. Oh, you have an NBA team? I thought you were a Lakers fan. <laughs> and then, the, And then the year before that, you were a Toronto fan. No, I was not. And then the year before that, you were a Golden State fan. What are you the, talking? For the like two or three years before that. Yeah, because that's no, what you do. You, no, it is not. You're a bandwagon uh, don't fan. Don't come at me like this. No, you I am not. You only like the best no, teams. No, I am not. You paid attention for hockey, uh, to hockey for one month last year, and it was the month after the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. You're like, yeah, go yeah, Lightning. Yeah, keep spreading fake news about I me. I think the this Lightning won really the Stanley well. Cup. I, I don't know a ton of hockey, guys. I'm sorry. But, I don't either because I didn't watch it. Yeah, I'm the exact opposite of you, Christine. I actually pick teams and ride with them as opposed to just jumping around. So. Um, False. I picked a team. Like years ago, uh, they suck right now, and I'm depressed about it. I don't talk about it openly, mainly because I hate being in situations like this. See, you won't even you won't even name the team. No, I you will. Root for. Uh, I will. I will just. I will do it um, because I feel like it's come to a point that I need to state that I'm a Boston Celtics fan. Well, yeah. Congrats. So, and and when you were growing up, was it the Big Three era in Boston? No. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch a lot of NBA growing up. Okay. Frankly, so I became a Boston Celtics fan because I really liked Jason Tatum from when he was there. Okay, from the beginning. So I watched. Acceptable. From, I watched we Jason Tatum this. from the beginning. So that's when I started becoming a Boston Celtics fan, and I've, and now that I've claimed it, you know that I am high key upset. We accept this, but Thank anyway, you. that's I'm glad that okay. I've added. Some, Congrats! Like, that's the one thing. And and who's your favorite soccer team? Oh, it's just wherever Kevin De Bruyne is. So Man City. Oh, front runner. Fine. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, because you're a front runner. That's what you are. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't like people that won't accept what they are. 
No, I've accepted it at this point. Okay. Well, as long as just, I don't like, I've told you, I don't like watching my team lose. I just, just I don't like doing just that. Just accept I'm a bandwagon front runner no. and we'll be good. I'm not a bandwagon fan, though. Yes, you are. I like teams that win, but I'm not a bandwagon. Like, if I was a bandwagon fan, I would have I would have switched by now from the Boston Celtics to freaking the Lakers, or I would have been a Golden State fan for years for no reason. Okay, I, you like teams not. that win, not a bandwagon. I'm just curious, what define what does bandwagon fan? This comes from Dictionary.com. In contrast to fans who show up for their team win or lose, a bandwagon fan snubs people who start to follow or root for a particular sports team because they jump on them after they start winning a lot of games and become more popular. Okay, so I guess by the dictionary.com definition, you're not a bandwagon fan. Boom! You're just close. Roasted. That will take us into yeah, our next I'm the one <laughs> roasted here, yes. <laughs> Boom, roasted. We're going to get into roaster toast in just a second. Hey guys, Christine Butterfield here and Madison Morris, and together we host the Winning Women Podcast. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and creating a positive platform for females to tell their stories. Each week we interview players, coaches, reporters, journalists, and much, much more. The conversations we have are unique to each guest and they always have words of wisdom to share. Listen to the Winning Women Podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, presented by the Highball Network. Of course, it's one of my favorite activities. I love a good roast. It's time for roast for toast. And my first, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end on my roast because I just want to kind of go off. So my toast for today okay. is um, from one of the best uh, romantic comedies. I feel like it goes really underappreciated. It's with Jennifer Gardner and Mark Ruffalo. It's called Thirteen Going on Thirty. Classic. Have you seen it? I've seen like the first like 10 or 15 minutes of it once or twice like as so i always see it as like okay like i don't want to watch it enough to like watch it during the day so like as i'm about to go to sleep i'm like okay i'll, I'll try this on netflix and i just like fall asleep because it's like bedtime oh that's so sad it's um it's a really sweet one it actually is okay um you you kind of like romantic comedies so if you yeah. if you want to check it out at some point that you're not going to fall asleep i would recommend it Anyway, um, there's a really cute scene in this movie where the two actors that I previously stated, Jennifer Gardner, Mark Ruffalo, they were friends when they were younger. When they and when they were younger, they um, shared a bunch of candy, like pop rocks. Then when they're older, they kind of part ways. They have like two different trajectories on their life and their careers. They meet back up again based on like a mutual working situation, and they kind of rekindle their friendship. And they share pop rocks together, and it's a very sentimental moment. In real life, they also kind of reconnected, and they shared some pop rocks, and it was very sweet. Shout out to them. So shout out to them for just filling my day with just a little bit of smiles. Even bigger toast, shout out to them for finding pop rocks like right? quickly. Like, yes. no, like, I like pop rocks, great part of my childhood. I don't think that I could tell you where I could go buy Pop Rocks right now. I mean, it would have to be like one of those old-fashioned candy stores. That sells like, you know, that sells retro like, candies yeah, from vintage our stuff. parents' childhood, our grandparents' childhood, and they ours, all like that stuff. They have like a classic gumball machine They've in the corner. they got Warheads. Warheads aren't out of style, are they? I, I Another thing, like, if you ask me today, Ryan, I want some <laughs> Warheads. Where do I buy them? I would say 2000 That's sad. 
So hmm. I love a good warhead. Anyway, that's my roast. Not my roast. That's my toast. Nailed it. I want to roast somebody. Go ahead. I want to roast Russell Wilson. All right. Because so we have the I don't really want to call it a saga, but there are rumors that Russell Wilson was politely looking for a way out of Seattle. He's not demanded a trade, but Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and his agent Mark Rogers have told ESPN that like he has a no trade clause. So these are the teams he would waive his no trade clause to go to. Okay. The Saints. Ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Russell Wilson goes to the Saints. I don't know how, how they can make the salary cap work, all that stuff. But Wilson goes to the Saints, immediate Super Bowl contenders. Got it. The Chicago Bears. Again, I don't know if the cap works for any of these teams. Wilson goes to Chicago with that defense, what you would assume he could do on offense. Instant Super Bowl contenders. Got it. The Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I don't know how that makes sense as far as just, if you want a change of scenery, cool. Uh, being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback opens a ton of doors for you financially, but like that was a team that went like eight and eight, I think, with Dak Prescott healthy two years ago. Last year, it was a revolving door of quarterbacks because the line couldn't protect a soul, so everyone who played quarterback was just getting lit up for the Cowboys. So Russell Wilson, who famously was like, "I'm tired of getting hit. Why would you go to Dallas?" Don't understand it. The fourth team that he would wave his no trade for. The Las Vegas Raiders. Russell Wilson, do you want to win football games? Why would you include the Raiders on your list? Like you were going from a good situation to a worse situation willingly. Why would you do that? Stupid. He's Russell. trying to get the best uh, the best nightlife. That's all I'll phrase it. Russell, please come to Vegas. <laughs> Great sneeze. That's staying in. Christine tried her best. I tried so hard. She tried so hard to mute her mic. She tried to toss it out of the way. And in the end, she sneezed. But yeah, so Russell Wilson, why, 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 why would you include the Raiders? I guess good offensive line, but they're going to spend so much money on you, bro. They can't do anything with the defense. But also, Russell Wilson, please come to the Raiders. I want you to come to the Raiders so bad. <laughs> I'll buy your home jersey. I'll buy your away jersey. If they bring back Color Rush, I'll buy that jersey. All from China? Russell. No, I will buy them. You would legit buy them? Of course. I thought you, you expended all of your NBA and NFL incomes. Or not incomes. So we don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. Allegedly. I allegedly <laughs> will, you know. Oh, I sorry. Yeah, allegedly. I acquire jerseys, and they don't look exactly like I, there's some defect. When I when I get them, they're shipped in. There's something weird. They're off, but, you know, give me a pay for it. Okay. Anyway, uh, Russell Wilson, please. Well, first off, roast, idiot. Why would you ever put the Cowboys or the Raiders this point in your career on your list? But also. But toast if he goes. But also, please. Right. Please. Because when you said when you said that he was stupid to go to Las Vegas, I mean, I agree, but I was thinking in my head, isn't this just a good move for you, though, as a fan? Great move for me, awful move for Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, and Russell, I care about you. You don't want that just voodoo put on you. So, uh, yeah. If, if that you, Vegas voodoo is yeah, too strong. If, if somehow, you know, the teams can work it out, if he goes to the Saints, that'd be fun. I don't really want to see him go to Chicago just because, I don't know, I feel like when you think Chicago Bears football, you don't think like super dynamic offense. And so for whatever reason, I feel like it's hard for me to envision Russell Wilson as the quarterback of the Bears just because I imagine like I just can't imagine that dynamism on the Bears offense. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. But anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. What I want to get into is my roast because 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so you and I, Ryan, actually talked about Bridgerton a few weeks ago. Indeed. Because we, uh, you know, watched the show. An outstanding roller coaster of emotion. Of course. And we talked about how, you know, kind of the intimacy scenes come out of nowhere and they're and they're borderline pornographic. They're they're soft core. I, I yeah. I don't know what the definition of soft core pornography, but the Supreme Court said that pornography, you know it when you see it. I saw it and I feel like that was pornography. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do too. Anyways, for some reason, the Times feels like they need to do a whole report on what it was like to shoot this, what happened, the direction, everything. And guess what? I don't care. I don't need to know this information. Why is it trending on Twitter? No one needs to know this. If you want to have this like advice for other filmmakers and other actors, you can just... Talk to their people because isn't that how that whole community and situation works? It's their people talk to your people, whatever. I don't need to see this on my Twitter feed that apparently they're treating intimacies the same way you treat stunt rehearsals because it takes away the awkwardness. What does that even mean? Also, apparently the very first scene, the first day they filmed was the sexual scene in this like in one of the episodes and I'm just like okay so you mean to tell me that you're gonna throw these two people that basically do not know each other at all and be like hey um we're not gonna warm you up to each other we're not gonna have like a bantery scene to kind of get you guys chemistry no we're gonna put you straight into soft porn right now hope you guys can handle it what the heck is that about oh my god I just cannot believe that this made its way onto my twitter feed today and this is what the world is focusing on right now yeah, I guess you're just setting the tone using the intimate scenes first. I don't know. It's wild. Although I'm not a director, so I I don't pretend to know what it takes to get the best out of my actors. So if that's what the director felt is like, we need to do this first, then go for it, I guess. I freaking guess. But anyway, I just thought it was kind of ridiculous, and this is something that I don't need to read about. Okay. So I didn't. I just saw. I, I basically just saw the quotes, and I was like, why? You're just like, why? I'm not doing this. Like, yeah, I don't need this. Okay. Well, I have one quick toast, if you'll allow me. Sure. The toast goes to everyone's favorite uh, product of France. It's not wine. Is it? Really? No, it's Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud, striker for your hometown Chelsea Football Club. The Blues playing on the road in the Champions League, a game at Atletico Madrid that actually happened in Romania. Giroud goes out there and nails a bicycle kick. For the win, Chelsea wins 1-0 up in the first leg of the Champions League. And yes, I'm always going to be excited about a Chelsea win, but anytime you can win 1-0 against the number one team in Spain right now off a bicycle kick, sign me up. So Olivier Giroud, my Olipop, the meaty French forehead, the most attractive man in world football. Congratulations. I toast you, and I hopefully will toast you on Sunday if you could beat Man United. Thank you. Please. I was with you until you said the most attractive man in soccer. Got to disagree. But I'm always here for a good bicycle kick. Anytime it's a bicycle kick, sign me up. So in for that. A bicycle kick also was in She's the Man. Fair. I think that that's uh, it's, it's definitely not a coincidence. Not That's not why it's all. the best soccer movie ever. I, I, is, is there a soccer movie out there that, that had some sort of mainstream appeal that didn't have a bicycle kick, though? I feel like. Was there one in Kicking and Screaming? I don't think so. No idea. Don't remember. You need to brush up on your soccer sports movie knowledge, Mr. Chapman. I'm trying to think of if there was an air bad air bud. I feel like probably not because your most of your action scenes involved a dog. So I mean, 
I could see them trying to make it look like it just by spinning him. <laughs> I just, but I don't, I, I, I just I imagine that possible. a bicycle kick for a dog just probably looks like you're kicking a dog with a soccer ball, and it just happened to like hit off his butt into the goal, which is unfortunate. Or you like Photoshop him going like in a like in a a loop de loop, yeah, and the ball just happens to go off term. his foot exactly. Beautiful, great. Well, that was the favorite segment of this podcast, Roaster Toast, and I think that's going to do it for Ryan and I. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Radios Ryan, at CB on Sports, at Sideline W Pod, and of course our network, the Highball Network. Follow them too, Ryan. Any parting words for our wonderful listeners today? Yeah, up the Chelsea beat United on Sunday. Here we go, boys. Top four. No one in. cares. Well, it's the most popular sport in the world, Christine. Well, many people. Care. I meant there aren't like Chelsea. If you don't that... care about Chelsea, that's a you problem. That's it's not, not a, a me. That's problem. not a me problem. Not it's a me a problem. problem. I am a Man City fan. I am doing. No, you're just not. Fine. You're a Kevin De Bruyne fan who happens to play at Man City. Unless Kevin De Bruyne goes somewhere else, because you don't have fanhood or loyalty, you're just like I like him, so I'm just gonna follow him around. False. That'll do it for us. I'm Christine Butterfield. That's Ryan Chapman. We will s- not see you guys, but we'll be back next week. Yeah.